welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, your stories of strength, and get all in our feelings. Our hosts are Becca and me, Danny. We work for NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. NAMI is the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization, and our mission is to build better lives for the millions of Americans that are impacted by mental illness. Our roles at NAMI Philly involve working with the youth in the community, so we have a special passion for empowering young people to shatter stigma and help them know that they are not alone. Yeah, so therefore, we decided to start the YANA podcast, which stands for You Are Not Alone. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Yon Podcast. (laughs) Starting off a little silly here. I'm here for it. You always are. Um, all right, so we have an awesome guest today. This is actually a very special guest. Um, yeah. Introduce her and tell then tell you why she's so special. Um, but Caitlin Casey, using the pronouns she, her, is a junior at Eastern University studying social work and biblical studies. She has always had a passion for social justice and caring for people in a holistic manner and hopes to pursue a career in social work, which allows her to do that on a larger scale. She came to NAMI as a part of her social work program and has been an intern with the NAMI Philly office since January of 2022, where she has been able to expand her understanding on mental health, wellness, and the impact of listening, and the impact a listening ear can make in the lives of others. Kate would describe herself as a people person, iced coffee addict, artist, and avid Taylor Swift fan. Yes, she is. She <laughs> is deeply caring and loves to hear other people's stories, hoping to create a safe to create a space, why can't I talk? A space where people can feel seen, safe, and loved. Oh, so yes, I do want to just follow up with saying that yes, she is our. She's been our intern for the past several months, and she's like yes. been a member of our staff, and we love her. And we're sad because it's not going to be. We don't want you to go. I know. I want her to like actually be part of our staff. Yeah. But Come back. welcome, Kate. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Uh, I'm so excited to be doing this. Once I heard uh, that Nami Philly had a podcast, I was like, I want to be involved in any way I can be. So this is super exciting. Yeah, and you have, you've been on a previous episode. You, I was, uh, I think I was sick. I think I had COVID <laughs> and um, you filled in for me with Carly. Our pre- yeah, I did. Host. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. You know, the ways of Yana. Just yes, a little bit, did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's yeah. been diligently going through each episode and uh, writing out the, well, we're not going to get into that right now, actually, because I don't want to give away what happens at the end of the episode. Come on, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't spill the tea. Don't spill okay. the tea. <laughs> Community. Um, so. <laughs> All right, well, I guess before we keep moving forward 
we'll check in. How about that? Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right, Becca, you want to go first? Sure, I'll start us off. Um, I am anxious as crap. I um, have just a lot going on. I'm really, really busy, um, mm-hmm. which is good, but I, I struggle a little bit with managing. I have ADHD. And so part of ADHD is kind of like having trouble, like organizing tasks and stuff. And so, and I think that also like I've had, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but like I went through a little bit of an issue with a medication and then I also Mm -hmm. still have long COVID. So my brain isn't as strong as it might normally be. So it's just been a little overwhelming, but I'm glad I'd rather be busy than, you know, not have anything to like look forward to or, um, keep, you know, to do. I mean, I do like having nothing to do sometimes. I'm not, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, well, sometimes we all got to take a break. So, right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like if I had nothing going on in my life, right. now, you know, so, um, so that's where I'm at. How about you, Danny? Well, I have, well, as you all know, it's been a very, up and down situation, but today um, I'm here and I'm having a really great day. Aside from everyone cutting their grass today and killing my allergies, um, pretty solid. The sun's out and I feel good. Yeah, Kate. Um. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm very excited because today starts my Easter break for college, which means I get to go home tonight. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I miss my I miss my family a lot. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah, and like finals are coming up, so it's just a bit of a stressful time, just all in school around general. But you know, yeah, is what so, it is. So it's nice to have a little break before all that comes on. I um. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, and like, also it's kind of good timing because it seems like the COVID thing is coming back right now. So it might've been, you know, you might've, it might've like interfered with your ability to go home. So it's good that it's like happening now before that might be the case. Um, So, yay. Well, okay. So happy to have you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Again, I'm really, really glad to be here. It's, it's cool to it's cool the way that NAMI like has all of these spaces where people get to share their stories and like be involved. I know a couple of weeks ago I was with the uh, crisis intervention training and got to share my story for the first time. And it was, it was really, really nice um, to do that because it just was able to kind of tell the whole thing and not have to worry about like, Oh my gosh, kids are listening. It's like, no, everybody who's there can handle what it is that needs to be said. So Right. Yeah. Even though there's nothing like all the cool things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I know that is like, I, can you explain quickly why, like what CIT training is just for those who are listening that don't know? Yeah. So the crisis intervention training is a program that NAMI has partnered with um, like the Philadelphia police force. So it is a voluntary training that officers um, any of any division, any branch, any like, position in the police force can attend. And basically what it does is it teaches 
awareness about mental health, mental illness, and mental wellness so that officers who are trained as CIT officers can come to a scene and see that perhaps not everyone who is being like has a 911 call on them is a criminal or somebody who is dangerous. They're probably just somebody who is having a rough day or hasn't taken their meds or something like that. So it's just really, really important, especially with the the, the way that the police force is, I think, overused and overcalled for situations that escalate um, when there could potentially be other numbers that could be called. Right. And there could be ways of de-escalating that, you know, the like, you know, just typical people like whether you're trained to be a police officer or not, like might not know how to, to assess and then, Mm -hmm. you know, know, de-escalate. So yeah, yeah, it is a great thing. And that's so great that you got to be involved in that. And I know that's like one of our, our coworker, Amy, that's like her baby. Like that's her project that she loves. You know, she was super happy to have you along for that. Um, And Danny's done it as well um has has gone um I have not but I would like to one day all right so let's get into you Kate like you just said you shared your story with the with the police so let's hear let's hear your story you know start wherever I mean you know the deal you know the drill I'm gonna yeah (laughs) you to go back a million times you know and like we'll just see where everything goes but um yeah it's just Let's hear it. Floor is yours. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess like I want to put almost like a disclaimer because like I do live with anxiety, but it's not like most of the time it's pretty like regular. It's not something that impacts my daily life in a way that is like crippling or super damaging. Um, so like, I'm very, very grateful to have had people who have come before me and like after me and supports around me to help me find healthy ways to cope with it and to understand like, oh, okay, so this is what's going on inside my body. This is what's happening whenever I am having like seasons or sometimes when it is more like when it acts up a little bit more than others, but I'm also like super grateful that it's something that I don't think I was really aware of until the pandemic, like that's when it started to become more of a prevalent thing in my life. Um, And I think that's just frequently too. Yeah. And I think that everybody to an extent, like the pandemic triggered a lot of different things in a lot of different people. So um, yeah, growing up, I don't remember ever like struggling with anxiety or depression or anything like that. It was just like, I was very, had a very, very blessed childhood. Like my parents Mm -hmm. loved me. I grew up in a safe environment. I've yeah, always been super thankful for that. Um, and yeah, I, so I was born in Missouri and I grew up in Oklahoma until I was nine. And then we moved to, yeah. Then we moved to New Jersey when I was nine, almost 10. Um, because you were born in Missouri and then moved to Oklahoma. So did you live Missouri at all? No. So my parents, um, so my parents and three older siblings were in the process of moving from Missouri to Oklahoma because of my dad's job. Um, but the insurance and like my mom's OBGYN, all those people were still in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So like my, 
my parents, it was actually, it's one of my dad's favorite stories to tell. They had to drive an hour and a half to the hospital. So when my mom started having labor pains, she was like, we have to go right now. And so like my dad, yeah, um, my dad drove, we got there. I was born in the hospital, all safe and sound. We're fine. All right. um, good, like, good, good. It, was just, it was a very exciting birth. Um, yeah. I should say action packed. <laughs> yes, very much. So it was like a, high-speed car chase according to my dad so oh my gosh I can't even imagine drama yeah um but yeah so we moved to New Jersey when I was about yeah when I was nine almost ten for my dad's job because he got offered a position as a senior pastor at a small non-denominational church up in New Jersey and we have been in New Jersey ever since so okay all right so you were a pastor's kid yeah, still am technically. I mean, still, still, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, but as a kid, you were growing up as a pastor's kid. Okay. Yeah. So my dad was a youth pastor and then he became, um, he switched roles within the same church and became an involvement minister. And basically what he did at that point was there would be people who wanted to get involved in the church and volunteer, but they wouldn't know where to start or how to get involved. And so they would meet with my dad and he would ask them, okay, what do you notice that you want changed? What do you like to do? What are your hobbies? And then basically cool. he would interview them and then would say like, oh, okay, well, we like, if this is something that you want to do, we have a space open for this. Or, well, I don't know that we have anything, but let's create something that you can start. Um, cool. So very much like when I think about it, I'm like, that's such a social worky like position to have within. It is, it is. And, it is. Like, I think that's part of, where I get like a lot of me, my desires to like help people find their niche and find people find their place and create a space for them. Um, I think from- I think there is a lot of intersection like within you know um, communities of faith, like you know some um, yeah. be you know there's others, but uh, you know and like roles played in churches and you know, that, that do intersect with being like a social worker, like, you know, the connecting with the community and trying to find ways in which to to build the community up and stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And like growing up in the church, um, and I'm still, like, I'm still a part of the church. Like that's something that I still find is super important to my life. And I still hold to my faith tradition. Um, obviously I've grown and evolved and like changed as a person and grown to, but like, it's grown more appreciation for my faith tradition, even if sometimes I'm just like, oh, this kind of sucks that Christians have been known to do this and this and this, that's just really hurtful and hateful. Um, But like, it's still something that's super important to me. And I, it really informs the way that I live and like, part of why I want to be a social worker is because I do believe that every single person is created in the image of, um, in, yeah, for my belief in faith traditions, like every person's created in the image of God and therefore has infinite worth and should be treated as such. Like mm-hmm. everyone deserves basic human rights. Um, I think that, like, I think Jesus in the Bible tells us that pretty clearly. Um, mm-hmm. To love our neighbors as ourselves and to care for those who, like, who need caring and not in a way that's like a savior mm-hmm. complex, but in a way of like, no, you're worth something let's show you that you're worth that. I mean, Jesus was 
also kind of a social worker. She's a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's that's the way to put it. Yeah, like, like Jesus you know, was so cool. He, you know, his like when you read about him, like he wanted everybody to be equal and treated equally and help the poor and all those kinds of things, which is kind right. of socialism, you know, but <laughs> not in the way that I think there's a lot of uh, stigma around, like you know, like um, missing interpretation of what social well that's what I was gonna say you know I, I feel like sometimes it does I mean I don't know because I I also grew up um it like my family is very religious um but unfortunately I kind of like had to step back from it so it's mm-hmm. really nice to kind of like hear your perspective on it mm-hmm. and how like it grew with you whereas like I felt like you know, I, and especially like when I went to college, like I was learning about X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. I started like questioning a lot of things. And unfortunately they did not kind of, I don't want to say support, but they did not grow with me. So I think it's mm-hmm. really refreshing um, to hear, you know, your point of view on that. Yeah, I've always loved hearing you talk about your faith. Yeah. I've always kind of been jealous of people who have you know, faith. And I mean, I didn't grow up with it at all. Um, I mean, I went to a Quaker school, so we did, you know, there was, we had Quaker meetings and stuff and we learned about Quakerism, which I think is really actually pretty cool. But, um, you know, the, but like, it wasn't part of my, that's like in school, you know, like, so it wasn't part of my, there's not like a lot of prayer or, you know, rituals that besides like having these meetings, these Quaker meetings at once a week. But, um, you know, my, but at home, we didn't practice anything. And I, I always like felt like I wanted, you know, I saw people going to Hebrew school or going to CCD or going to like, you know, church, whatever, you know, and I was like taking off for good Friday to go to church or like, you know, things like that. And I was like, I just felt like I didn't belong anywhere, you know, and like, it's not necessarily like, you know, I wanted to be part of it because I wanted you know, because I wanted to believe necessarily that was more of like, I wanted to be a part of things, you know. Like, and that's, how, that's exactly how I felt. I was just like, I, you know, like I'm, I have like all these questions, but it's like, it's this or the highway. So that's yeah. where, I, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I guess like you really have to find like yeah. that one that you, or fits with you. I don't know. Does that yeah. make is that the right yeah. yeah, I and, guess, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm super grateful because like, I mean, I do attend a Christian college, like Eastern is traditionally a Christian college. And like, I study biblical studies. Like that's something that I is really, I'm very passionate about and care about a lot, but I'm also super grateful because even before like choosing to go to college at a Christian college or choosing to study uh, biblical studies, like I had a lot of people in my life, my mom included, who like were already like asking questions and encouraged me to ask questions and to not be always okay with like easy answers, especially about things concerning the Bible or faith. It's like, sometimes you have to figure things out on your own and forge your own path because that's Mm -hmm. part of your own spiritual journey within like that tradition. And like, I have come honestly over like through college and during college, because I have friends who are a part of more like traditional denominations in the sense of like, they have specific 
like rituals or they only sing hymns or um, like they do communion only at very specific times of the month and have like, they have a lot more tradition and a lot more ritual within their um, and like sacramentality within the way that they worship. And that's something that I've grown to really appreciate and to see and to um, incorporate a little bit into my own like daily life. So well, it's interesting because I mean, like, so I go to, I, I, I you know, I, I'm in, I'm in recovery from alcoholism. So I go to uh, AA and, um, and I kind of consider that my church, you know, um, and AA is a very spiritual program, um, non-denominational, like there's a lot of like bad, uh, misconceptions surrounding AA that it's like this Christian God-based program and, you know, like, yeah, it's very religious and everything. And it's not, it's very spiritual. It's however you interpret, like they say, it's like, you know, a power greater than yourself. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I struggled with that the first few times I tried to get sober. So that was difficult. But um, when I first started going to AA, I went and um, uh, I like went to a diff couple different like religious things. Like I went to a Hindu person, um, coven, and, and then I went yeah. to, um, a like I went to synagogue. I, I've actually probably been to synagogue more than I've been to church because I grew up with a surrounded by a, a, like a large Jewish community, even though I wasn't practicing Jew, but like, so anyway, so I went to all these things. And then I went on the corner of the block I grew up on was an Episcopal church. And it was like, I had gone to play group there. I went to AA meetings there and I voted there, you know? And so yeah. I decided to just walk in and meet with a priest. And I did, and I, we sat and talked for a really long time. And he said, that like he, like he said, like people call Episcopal, Episcopal church, like Catholic light. Um, <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Catholicism without the rules or something. And he said that like, he believed that like the Bible was not meant to be taken literally. And, you know, that um, there are stories to like, you know, to express ideas and that, you know, it was written a long time ago. And so right. we could talk about it and, and question, like you, like you said, and I was like, oh, you know, that's really interesting. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is something I want to get into. And then I, well, I relapsed. So, but, uh, so that didn't help, but yeah, I just thought that was so interesting. Cause I, I think that does turn a lot of people away from faith, um, yeah. faith communities or whatever. Yeah. And it is like, as you both mentioned a little bit ago, it's like where I had most of my community was my church and church family, like my Sunday schools and my youth groups growing up, because um, not only was I a pastor's kid, I was also homeschooled. Um, like my parents were committed to homeschooling us. Um, like I went to a kindergarten, but then my parents were home committed to homeschooling us from first grade through at least eighth grade. Um, wow. Because my mom and my two oldest siblings um, so there's a bit of an age gap between my two oldest siblings and the three younger of us. Um, so my two oldest siblings, they went to public school all throughout like K through 12 and middle school was so, so hard for both of them. And for my mom, like the amount of bullying that they experienced, the influences that they had just like, they struggled a lot. And so my mom and dad, 
um, when they like began to really realize this, they were like, okay, we're gonna like, we're gonna homeschool our, like the three younger kids. Um, and like, that was, I think really, really good for me because okay. it like, I was one of those kids where I would be able to work for 30 minutes. Then I'd have to go run around for 15 and then come back to do more work. Like it just, mm -hmm. that helped yeah. me focus better. It gave me breaks. Like I, and that wouldn't have been yeah, that wouldn't have been a classroom, happen. right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I still sit and I like shake my leg when I'm sitting in class. Like I'm even shaking it right now because it's like I need some form of like movement, and that's why I love like as corny as it is. I love fidget spinners. I love little like fidget toys and things like that. That's why they're. they're so that's why they help. exist. You know. Yeah, they, they really help. help. Yeah, they help to like focus and to center, um, especially as like my anxiety has become something that I'm more prevalent with. Um, like that has become more prevalent and like, I'm more aware of, it's like, oh, okay, I need to do something in order to like channel this energy in a way that is non-disruptive or destructive, um, either internally or externally. So I have, a, okay. So I have so many questions about the homeschooling. So, well, <laughs> um, I mean, it's just interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know a lot of people. Well, my, that's not true. My stepbrother was homeschooled for a little while in high school, but, um, uh, but so, but I wasn't really around during that time. Oh, whatever. I, so, but anyway. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Um, but no, I, I just have a lot of interest. So um, what kind of situation was happening with your siblings while they were in school? Like you said, they were bullied and, you know, what kind of influence? I, I mean, you know, I know this is like digging, but it's kind of. Like yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I, so I was so small, like my my two oldest siblings. So when I was born, they were like 12 and 13 oh, or like okay. 11 and 12 ish around that age. Um, so like they were significantly older than me or they are significantly older than me. Mm -hmm. So like, there's so much that I didn't grasp or understand. And still to this day, to like, don't really know any, like all of it because they both right. are like, no, I'm working through that in like therapy and okay. don't need to like do they ever talk about it with like you and your family or um sometimes so like I know that um sorry I'm trying to think of like what would be appropriate to share because oh. I know that it's like their own personal stories right. um I know that um my oldest sister really struggled with like um being accepted and being liked by her peers um, and was kind of pressured into doing things that ended up not being very healthy for her in the long run. Um, she is pretty open about her. She's in recovery as well from, um, from addiction, both from alcohol and drugs. So she's pretty open about talking about that, but like things like that started in late middle school, early high school for her. Okay. Um, so like, those are the kind of the experiences that she had. And then with my older brother, he was picked on a lot because he was smart and he had a lot of friends that were girls and like, he didn't fit the quote unquote ideal body type. Like oh, that's just, yeah, that was the yeah. Something like, that, you know, is very, like, it's very a bullying, you know, yeah. bullying and for it's, that. Like, it's horrible. Yeah. It's so, it's so ridiculous. And I just, I hate that that was his experience. And I hate that that was my sister's experience. And I'm really, really grateful because, um, for being homeschooled, because my parents were like, okay, we're going to 
homeschool them at least through middle school and then high school will take it year by year and see like if they want to go to a different place if we can't give them the education that they're like needing anymore um and so my older sister and I the one who's closest to my age um she and I ended up being homeschooled all throughout high school um my junior year of high school yeah my junior year of high school we debated putting me in public school just for like the theater and arts programs to like take part in the different productions and stuff like that because I've always loved doing theater and music and like stuff like that because it's just I've always loved to be on stage like that is something that I've just really loved to do Um, and so is my younger brother too like uh, he actually ended up going to a private school when he got in ninth grade because my he was like doing basic edition when he was five like or even younger than that like he could read at the age of three because he had my sister and I who were learning while he was growing up and so he was like right like right there learning yeah like he skipped kindergarten but now like coming like going and learning in school and coming home and it was like you were literally right there so okay um I have a couple questions about this so like socializing like I well and the thing is is like I find this so interesting because you know, we've got like high school students, middle school students, a lot, I mean, students of all ages who just spent the last two years pretty much homeschooling, you know? Um, I mean, obviously they were in, most of them were in like, had remote learning, but like, you know, they were home and they weren't in a classroom with other students. Um, So I'm interested to see like, like from a social perspective, like how, how do you feel like that impacted you? Because I know there's lots of people talking about how this is going to be impacting the students, um, you know, that have just gone through all of that. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously my experience is different because I wasn't, we weren't in a pandemic whenever I was being, right. like when I was in grade school. Um, right. But like, it definitely, like there are definitely good things and not so good things. Um, one of the really good things that homeschooling allowed me to do is I can get along with people of almost any age group, especially those who are like a little bit older and a little bit younger than me. Like, because you're surrounded with your siblings who are different ages than you all the time. And then you like go out and you play with the neighborhood kids who are all various ages as well. It's like, you really get to know and get to learn how and evolve with and like almost code switch in a way that it's like you can move from different people groups because you learn how to navigate those. Um, Also like being super involved with the church, again, most of my social life was the youth groups and Sunday schools and things like that. So it's like, I I still had socialization. There was a bit of like looking, looking back on it, I don't think I felt it when I was in it, but looking back on it, I think there was a bit of a, like, oh, I don't quite understand what you're talking about when you're talking about school and different things that are going on. Like I would hear stories of, um, like people coming to school high or like sneaking, sneaking alcohol in. And I was like, I don't comprehend or understand that. Um, like, I don't know why you would do that that sounds like such a bad idea and very damaging to your body. But I also like had the, the, I had the narrative in my family that we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't do drugs because it's super damaging. And also I've just seen like what happens whenever you have like a family member who is addicted and it's really, really 
how yeah, damaging that is. Were you exposed is. to that? Like what age were you exposed to that? Um, I don't think I really realized everything until I was maybe like 13 is when okay. I started to actually like, well, that's recognize. your de- developmental. That's a big development. Right. I am, you know, because yeah. you really are starting to like seek your independence and, you know, kind of, um, okay. Oh God, I have so many questions. Um, I love <laughs> this. Okay. So, and yeah. I don't, yeah. I hope this doesn't come across anyway. Uh, like, so did you feel like, I know you said you didn't understand like things that were being said. And like, I know, like I was pretty sheltered, um, as a kid and like <laughs> my grade was very advanced. Um, most of the kids in my grade had older siblings. I did not. And so like, they knew about a lot of things that I didn't know about. Like you just said, like getting high and drinking, like from, I mean, I was a lot younger when I learned because I started drinking when I was 12, but, um, the, like they would use words that I didn't know and stuff, but I would learn them in, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's how I learned them. So like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like imagining like all the stuff that like, you know, that maybe you felt, you know, I guess you just said it though. Like you feel, you felt like, Oh, what are they talking about? Why would they do this stuff? But like, were you able to learn still like those things like about like, I mean, just language, you know, that's used, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, so a little, like, yeah, a little bit, like I would, my friends would say things that would be going on at their school um just like with the people around them um and I would feel like more than anything I would look to my older sister because she was only two she's only two grades above me so we would be together a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and I would just kind of look at her and go what does that mean and like she told me of course later she's like half of the time I didn't know so I told you I'll tell you later because I didn't know I was gonna find out so I could tell you (laughs) and like but then there would be times where she would be like hey this is what that means and I'd be like oh I don't quite get that but okay yeah (laughs) like so I'm thankful for that for having my older sister there around with me and then um also I think when I was maybe 14 or 15, I got a Tumblr because I was really invested in different TV shows. Like I was obsessed with Doctor Who and Sherlock. And um, I watched like a season of Supernatural. So I was a part of those like big three things. Uh, I loved loved Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. Like I was a big nerd because I would have (laughs) so much free time because I was homeschooled. I'd be done with school by noon, like all of my work that I could just read, I could read the rest of the day and sit outside and like do all of the things that I wanted to do because my schoolwork was done. Um, So yeah, I like wrote stories and was super, like, I'm still really into fantasy and fiction, like the new Percy Jackson TV series that's coming out. I'm so excited for that. Um, (laughs) Like cannot even express, like they just cast the kid who's playing Percy and I'm just like, yes, thank you. Like I'm very, it. like, I'm so excited to see how Here they're going to do it. this. Um, but yeah, so I, that's kind of like how I, and of course on Tumblr, there's a whole, like, it's kind of like how TikTok is now. There's a bunch of different sides and ways that you can yeah. like, be involved and see things. And I'm like, it's kind of where I was exposed to a lot of social justice issues mm-hmm. and a lot of like Same. different perspectives on the world. And yes. I'm really thankful for that because it was giving me a different 
like a different voice and avenue and understanding of like, oh my gosh, like it really like helped me to develop my empathy because I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of different types of people in the world. Mm -hmm. So who am I to judge them? Like it even says in the Bible, it's like those who are without sin should throw the first stone. And I'm like, well, I definitely am not perfect. So who am I to cast judgment? So it's like, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Oh my God, so many questions. Where do I begin? (laughs) Each time I'm like, which one do I pick? Um, so, okay. And I want to just be clear that I do not believe this, but I know there is stigma about like the homeschool kid, you know, Mm -hmm. heard people say like, oh, that's the homeschool kid. Like, like they're weird, you know, and I'm not saying that I believe that I'm just saying, no, 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 it's true. You know, there's a stigma and did you experience that? Like, did anybody ever like, did you feel like people treated you like that at all or no? Not really. Oh, good. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really thankful. I've always been a, a people person. I've always been very yeah. friendly and yeah. personable. Um, also like growing up as a PK, everybody knows who you are. So you get to talk to a bunch of different people all the time, like in a small congregation. Um, so like being, a core member of like the youth groups and things whenever new people would come in it would kind of like default but also just like I took it on myself to be the welcoming committee oh so like I have like I've always been a person to put myself out there and like say hey it's part of why I'm a resident assistant now it's like I'm not afraid to approach people and talk with them be like hey what's going on who are you like this is who I am let's chat like yeah yeah um so okay then I have like one more question and maybe we could take a should take a break but my last my other question is what about romance <laughs> um <laughs> you like, would ask what <laughs> about boys or girls or whatever you know um or people the lack thereof right um, <laughs> So I mean, I was way crazy in high school. Like, yeah, wondering how that played out. I mean, you grow up watching the princess movies. Like I was a girly girl from the moment I stepped out and not stepped out. The moment I was birthed out of the womb, like the moment you you stepped stepped out out of the the womb. womb. <laughs> you're like, look out! You're like, hello, world! Here I am. Here's ready. my pink tutu. Like, I, <laughs> no, it's so funny. I was actually talking with Carly earlier. It's like my parents never even tried to put me in a sport uh, because they just <gasps> they knew I did dance, and I was like, this is my life. I am glitter and pink, and it's just like that's still kind of true. Like my water bottle is hello, it's all pink. <laughs> um, but like, um, yeah. So like, I have always loved the idea of love and romance and so of course I would look for it in places that it was like not even real and I didn't really understand what being in love was like um who really does yeah who does but what I I love there's a scene in um sex in the city um in the one of the in the movies one of the I think the first or second where Carrie's reading like Cinderella or some princess book to to Mm -hmm. Charlotte's daughter and she's like and and like uh I think who is it Lily or Rose or whatever is like oh I like I love that and she's like you really like that huh another one bites the dust (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's like (laughs) because I'm the same way I am so I love all that and I want yeah and I am way older than you 
Not, I mean, not way, like just a couple of years. No, no, not way. No. <laughs> a decade and a half. Um, <laughs> that is like 22. I am. Yeah, that's fine. I'm actually seven and at heart. I mean, maturity wise. Um, but so like, I also, I mean, I still like want that fairy tale, you know? Um, yeah. Everybody does, I think. I gave up on that. I'm just going to be honest. Well, I mean, I gave <laughs> up on it. I want it, but like, I'm also like, over it um yeah I mean I'm not even dating so um anyway but so like then you go to I mean I know you have a boyfriend now mm-hmm. how what year are you in college so I'm a junior um okay. yeah so I okay so like as far as like romance and things go so like there was this boy that I grew up with who our families are really good friends that I had a major crush on when I was little but like I can't like figure out looking back at it. And I'm like, it was just a kid infatuation crush thing. Like it wasn't not in the way that now that I am in love and have been in love before. It's like, I know what like actual affection and attraction is. And it's like, that was just like kid of kid infatuation. Um, But like, that was definitely, it was more of the, the romantic idea of romance that I was in love with and attached to most okay. of growing up. And then obviously when you get to like middle and high school, you start to realize, oh, okay, things are a little different. Um, There's and, levels to it. It's yeah. And then, yeah, in middle school, there was this other boy that I was really crushing on. Um, and he was crushing on me back as well, but he was a little younger than me. And also I was like 13. So my parent was, my parents were like, no that's like you're not gonna date <laughs> shut it down until shut you're at down. least 16 well I feel like that would have been probably a lot easier for your parent to do considering your home like I because that's the other thing I was gonna say like like they couldn't stop me from like you know holding hands in the hallway or going and kissing right behind the like you know when I was at school and so I'm like just I'm just I, I hope I'm not making you feel like any sort of way I'm just so curious as to like because I, I just love to hear different perspectives and how that yeah. like your your outlook and attitudes and you know just mental, well mental state I guess or being yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah, yeah. so and, and I'm really like it's one of those things where I didn't, I didn't date anybody until my late teens. Like I went on like two dates with a guy, my senior year of high school, we ended up going to prom together. But by Uh the time that we went to prom, we were just friends. Like we had just like, we went out and we were like, okay, we're going to date. But then it was like, uh, no, actually we're not going to do that. Um, (laughs) and so then we just went as friends. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I didn't end up going to college right away. So like I was around, I was still around the same community, the same people. And it was like, the, there was no real pool, but then of like people to meet. And then I met my first boyfriend at another church, actually. Um, we dated for a couple of months um, over like the beginning of a year. And then we broke up right before I went to school, actually. Um, so this was like, yeah. So it was like, it was really hard because it was the first time I had actually ever had reciprocated affection um, mm-hmm. in a way that was deeper than just like, oh, a middle school crush. And mm-hmm. so like, it's, it was my first love. It was amazing mm-hmm. and so gut-wrenching when it ended. But right. like, 
I think it was a really, really good time. Like when he ended it, I was like, that's the worst timing ever. But also I was like, no, it's the best timing because I was about to go to school. Like I was about to go to college where I could reshape who I am and like nobody knew who I was or my history and it was like yeah you know we're gonna just focus on me we're gonna focus yes. on making girl friendships and yes. like with a school population demographic of 70 percent girls to 30 percent guys it is great <laughs> like all I'm saying is so as you all know I went through um a breakup recently but I it's just like the best realization that that everything happens for a reason absolutely Mm -hmm. and that is like that has just been my motto like ever since and you know like I had a hard time like believing that x y and z whatever we're not getting into it but now there's so many great things that have been happening ever since and I feel like you know so People many opportunities are, that were open yes. that you might not have been able exactly. to say yes to. Like, I feel, exactly. I feel And I now, like, and with everything Kate is saying, like, you, this is, like, the best time to, like, work on yourself and, like, you know, I mean, pick yourself back up. Like, it's yeah. just. Yeah. That's a great. Endless opportunities. I yes. think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was so thankful because it means that I went into, I went into college with, like, no extra attachments and so I was able to form my friends and like find my people and then like so that was all a freshman year um I mean there was a guy that I thought was cute didn't end up working out but like it was one of those things too where I was like I know myself well enough to know that I'm not ready for this yet um yeah and then of course the pandemic hit at the second like second half of spring semester in my freshman year um, oh jeez! So, yeah, yeah so we were all sent home and I was like well oh. I am back at my home community with just my family so I was like mm-hmm. okay there is something there's something that needs to happen and it was really it was really good because my family and I got to like really talk and be like work through some stuff and be a lot closer um, and I'm super grateful for that and then when we did go back to school my friend group shifted a little bit and I ended up hanging out a lot more with the guy who is now my boyfriend. Um, I realized that like, it was such a funny thing because we were just friends. I had no, like, had no feelings for him. Like I had seen him around campus and I was like, oh, he's cute. And he was like in the peripheral of my friend groups and things like that. But then, okay. um, but then like we started actually hanging out and I was like oh he's such a cool person like such a good friend oh my gosh he's like emotionally sensitive and like all these different things that were just things so great. happen when you least expect it am exactly. I right and yeah, then I, was like, I, I was just sitting there one day and I was like oh no I have a crush on him okay what do I do about this <laughs> play cool play cool like it's fine it's fine it's fine we're fine we'll be okay (laughs) thankfully my oh my gosh my best friend and my roommate at the time she got everything she loves to tell the story so much um did she like go like do you like kate I got i i've been out of the dating game for a really long time and i'm like is that how we do things again? I can't remember. Like, do I have my friend go up and be like, so Kate has a crush on you. What do you think about Kate? <laughs> no, so what ended up happening was I was like, okay, okay. So I'm not going to like hide it. 
but I'm not going to be like super forward. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be okay. me. I'm going to flirt. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to I'm eat. taking notes by the way. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like, I'm going to keep asking him to hang out because I want to hang out with him. Even if he has no interest in me, I still think he's a cool person. Um, and yeah. then we ended up hanging out uh, super late one night. And then I was like, okay, I got to be honest with you. I like you. And he was like, I think I like you too. And I was like, okay. Hey, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kate, so, shooting her shot. I did, okay. and it's worked out. I'm here for well. it. Appropriate thing. Is that an appropriate thing to say, Miss Danny? Shooting. Oh, sorry. Shot? Is that not a pervy thing to say? Just kidding. There's no such thing as. I. <laughs> I am pretty sure it's appropriate, but it's not. There's nothing that's inappropriate <laughs> in my book. So I. Just, I don't want to hear it from. I decided to give you. Okay, anyway, um, let's take a quick break. Tune in next week for part two of Kate's story. I promise you won't want to miss it. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741 741 or go to nami.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.